The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we go to sunny Spain, Barcelona, (laughs) to radiate generativity with Miriam Subirana, the author of The Joy of Caring, among other books as well. Um, Miriam is the CEO and trainer of uh, Appreciative Inquiry. And tell me again the name of your your organization, Miriam. It's the Institute. Of, uh, for dialogue and appreciative inquiry in Spanish, IDEA, Instituto para Diálogos e Indagación Apreciativa. I can tell your Spanish accent. Um, well, welcome, Miriam. It's so good to see you. Wonderful to be here with you. <laughs> and look at your paintings. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. I'm, I'm preparing an exhibition, actually, next week. I'm having an opening of an exhibition, and I'm really looking forward to it because it was postponed from last year, and uh, we're still in sort of a half lockdown, but it's going to be an opportunity to to meet my friends and family, of course, in small groups and, uh, you know, in different timings. But I'm really looking forward to, to share all what I've, I've been painting during this lockdown. So here you see a few of my paintings. Oh, they're beautiful. What's your inspiration for your paintings? I would say nature and meditation. So on the one hand, nature, uh, the the colors of of life, uh, green, blue, uh, orange, uh, the movement in nature, the constant change in nature, and then also uh, the experience in meditation of quietness, of uh, being alive, of... uh, of a silence that is uh, full of of, uh, of trusting and a silence that it opens up to new horizons. 
Oh, that's wonderful. I, because I do enjoy the movement and the colors are just delicious. In these Thank paintings. you. Of course, we're not here to talk about your paintings, but what a nice treat. <laughs> Actually, the cover of, of the, my book is also uh, one of my paintings. Of course. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Will that be in your exhibition? The original? Uh, the original, actually, I already uh, sold it. So actually, the original will not be in the exhibition. <laughs> but you get to show it on your cover, which is The Joy of Caring, Transforming dis Difficulties into Possibilities. So why caring? Why did you choose this subject to transform difficulties into possibilities? Because um, I am a coach and I've been uh, for over 30 years accompanying people. And in these uh, 35, 36 years in which I am uh, accompanying people, lately I have seen how people don't treat themselves with tenderness, I would say, with delicacy, but being a bit harsh on ourselves. And this being harsh on ourselves, what it means is that it creates um, caring as a way of doing it out of responsibility and obligation, not out of joy. And sometimes we have a difficulty and we need to care for ourselves. And actually when I wrote the book, COVID was not even in the horizon, at least not of my, my writing, but I think it really comes at the appropriate time. And so we feel that out of obligation, we need to care for each other. And we feel that uh, maybe caring is, is a burden, but at the same time, we are harsh on ourselves. Like you see people going to the gym and doing exercise and they are very forceful. And I think caring is not out of force, it has to come from a space of loving, of joy, of, uh, of listening, of being open. And sometimes we have difficulties in relationships when we have to take care of someone and we don't really know uh, how, how to respond. Let's say someone in your job is ill and or is not feeling well and sometimes we don't know how to respond or maybe uh, the father or mother or son of your colleague has, uh, has died and and why, what do we do? We say, oh, it happened to me too. You know, my father also died or my, um, or, uh, or I also got the flu or, or this also happened to me. And so this answering as uh, me too, yes, it happened to me also, doesn't really help the other because the fact that your father died and my father died, of course, connects us with the fact that both our, our fathers have died. But 
your story and my story are different. And so when I answer from, oh, yes, it also happened to me, I'm not allowing you to share completely your story. And actually, um, I don't know what to say. So this is a way of, okay, of showing uh, like a bit of solidarity. So uh, this is one of the difficulties we have. How do we respond to someone who is suffering? And in the book, I, I give different tips, different ideas, different practices of how do you respond when someone is suffering, for example. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. Is that what um, that you address in uh, different dimensions of caring? Uh, no, the different dimensions of caring are actually connected to the caring for your mind, create beautiful thoughts instead of negative thoughts, caring for your feelings. So you are responsible of how you feel and what you're feeling. So care for, for those feelings, care for creating positive, generative, beautiful feelings, caring for the body, caring for our spirit, caring for the relationships we have. Caring for the space where we are and where we work. So these are the different dimensions of caring. I see the sun is coming. Let me move this. Do you see me better now? <laughs> the sun was doing this amazing kind of... Yes, it's thing. like, wow, yeah, that this is, is like, yes. Wonderful, yes. But, um, yeah, can't see you quite as well. There we go, there we go. Okay. You're, you told me that you're, you overlook the Mediterranean. Yes. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, actually, now you see, I see, uh, they say that if the day would be completely clear, uh, we could see Mallorca. But I've never seen Mallorca from here, huh? uh, several miles away, huh? thousands of miles away. But... Um, well, I don't know if thousands, but some miles away. But yes, I can see the horizon, some palm trees, the sea is uh, quiet. Uh, so it's, it's oh. nice. Oh, my heart wants to be there so much. <laughs> welcome, welcome. It's a beautiful place. I am in the north of Barcelona, uh, 40 kilometers north from Barcelona. Oh, lovely. Oh, my gosh. Um, so one of these dimensions that you mentioned was that of caring in relationships. Can you expand on that a little bit? I think this is uh, one of the most important because when I give workshops and I ask, what is the moment in which you had the deepest joy? And many times it has to do with relationships or when your first child was born. Right. And what is the moment of your deepest suffering? And it also has to do with relationships. You know, someone abandoned you, someone uh, uh, cheated you, someone talked, uh, you know, lied at you or whatever, or did they talk ill at your back? So caring relationship, it means that you care to be fully present for the other, but at the same time, you care for the relationship itself. Mm. 
And so if there's an important conversation, you don't, uh, don't postpone it. You prepare for that conversation. You ask the questions that are important for, for the person to, to get to know the person. And sometimes someone is a bit blocked inside. So what can you ask to help the person open up and caring for relationship is also being aware that the relationship is like the mirror of myself and so I get to know myself better in relationship if I am always alone I don't see myself in the mirror of the other I see myself in the mirror that I can have at home but in the mirror of the other, I see my selfishness. I see that maybe I wasn't polite. I see myself and then I can, uh, I can adjust, I can transform. And actually, uh, there is a whole chapter on, on being in relationship in, in the book, uh, The Joy of Caring. And the idea is, how are you in the relationship, what is your presence, how do you, um, how would I say, uh, relate to, to the other from a space of being completely present. And uh, you see, I, I'm going to read a quote of, of um, William Arthur Ward at the beginning of this chapter of being in relationship. We seek to discover the best in others. Now, when we seek to discover the best in others, we somehow bring out the best in ourselves. And so uh, this is one of the aspects that appreciative inquiry helps us. And I am uh, an appreciative inquiry practitioner in which when you seek to discover the best in others, not the worst, but the best, then in that paying attention, focusing in the best, the best in you emerges. And this is where generativity plays a good role in which I generate a space in which the best of you emerges because I inquire in the about the best of you and the best in me emerges. So for example, if I ask you, what have, what has, have been your best learnings in the past year? Uh, when you had to face a difficulty, especially last year, uh, because it's when, you know, we experience uh, lots of changes in our lives uh, due to the pandemic. So what helped you overcome a difficulty? So I'm not talking about the difficulty. I'm talking about, I'm asking about what helped you overcome. So where are your strengths? And being in relationship also has to do with getting to know your strengths and getting to know the strengths of the other and being able to be caregivers for each other because in a sense we we all need 
each other. And we need to offer and receive care. So being in relationship is also about being open to receive care. Because sometimes we have been um, brought up in being self-sufficient. And so I don't ask for help because I think I will be seen as a weak person. And so one of the aspects that I talk about, I write about in the book, is the importance of asking for help and offering help in a concrete way, in a clear way, so that we can really support each other and move on. Mm-hmm. That is a very good point. I know, um, you know, we all know people who are going through a difficult time, whether it's cancer or a job loss or the end of a relationship or the death of someone in their families. And we want to help. And so just this art of caring, I think, can let us know because the person going through this doesn't always know what they need or they're overwhelmed and they don't want to ask. So can this be joy of caring be used to navigate that situation? Exactly. Yes, uh, you, you got the point. So in that situation that the person doesn't know what to ask, right. they are confused. Right. Uh, they, they are in pain. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you don't know exactly how to help. So the book gives you different tips, different ways of, for example, being present in a way that you don't need to give advice because maybe the person, the last thing that the person needs is your advice. They want your love. They want your presence. They want to know that you are there for them. Mm -hmm. And that's enough sometimes. So how to care in a way that you don't burn the relationship in that caring because you suffocate the other by being too protective or you care the other as if the other is a victim of something Mm -hmm. and then you feel the savior and you treat the other as you know the poor person he or she's a victim of whatever happened and that doesn't help to flourish that doesn't help to to allow the best of the self to emerge actually i i wrote a book also published by O books and john hunt publisher which is flourishing together and it's connected to the joy of caring flourishing together that sounds wonderful yes yes i love that um well in this, in the book, The Joy of Caring, uh, you share that part of caring is to be more creative. Can you tell us more about that? Why creative? How does that relate to being caring? I think this is a, a very, um, very good question. And uh, I uh, also, again, uh, in, in my book, I share a lot of... Uh, coming from uh, from my experience. And uh, the thing is that people, they feel they have talent, but they have not expressed fully their talent. 
And so what happens then is that they, they um, feel there is a potential within which they haven't fully expressed. Mm. And what um, in my book I share is about the importance of allowing your creativity to flow. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't try to be a number one artist. Just be yourself, but connect with your potential and let it flow. How? Maybe writing, doing some morning pages, writing, maybe drawing. And then you say, oh, I don't know how to draw. I just take a box of uh, colorful pencils and start drawing, whatever emerges. And you don't need to focus in the final product, but in the process. And that process of expression, of expressing yourself, helps you to uh, touch that creative potential inside and allow it to flourish. To, uh, to emerge in a way that people, when they connect with that, that creative self, then they are caring for that creative self. And what does it mean to care for the creative self? It means that you are caring for that part in you that wants to be born, that wants to express themselves, that that wants to, um, how would I say, uh, to to develop, to 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 move on, and so I find that when people connect with their own creativity, then they are a lot more um, open to life. And um, my experience is that some people, they feel that their creativity is not fully expressed. And so there is a certain sadness or a certain emptiness because we are consumers of the creativity of others, but we are not so creative ourselves. And so in the past um, few years, we have seen a boom of uh, art therapy, music therapy, dance therapy, but not only that, we have seen other uh, ways of um, of developing in which the person can really open up like with music therapy. And what does it mean? It means that the self needs to heal through creativity. By being creative, you heal a part of yourself that somehow has been repressed. With the pandemic, a lot of people are struggling, especially with their love lives. Wish you and your partner were growing closer together, both physically and emotionally? Not sure how to talk to your kids about sex? Or perhaps your kid came out to you and you want to educate yourself. Maybe you want to learn more about your erotic energy 
or how to unlock your wildest fantasies. Then you should listen to keep them coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Host Kristen Thomas is a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist, and her show is full of insightful sexual health information, discussions with community advocates, and a little bit of woo-woo. I was on episode 51, talking about the sacral chakra and the Akashic Records. Sex positivity is about more than having sex, and if you want to learn, laugh, cry, and sometimes have your mind blown, then keep them coming with Open the Doors Coaching has you covered. Find this show anywhere you listen to this podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Well, I think even in during COVID, during the lockdowns, people discovered ways of passing the time and ways of being where they could be more creative. I'm sure that all of the craft stores would, did just fine, as did all of the home improvement stores. People were doing home projects and building and creating and taking up knitting and doing all these wonderful things mm-hmm. because suddenly they had the time to do so and kind of the space to do so. Um, so this, yeah, being creative, I think, just opens up so many possibilities for you. Yes, so that's why I included as uh, as part of uh, I would say of of one of the most important aspects of of caring for the self. So caring is not only uh, when when you are sick or when uh, things are are not working. You know, uh, caring is is also to do with allowing what wants to be born in you to to be born, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it is literally creating something into existence. Yes. Right? Creating something into existence that just began as an idea or a thought. And I always say that creativity is whatever you make it to be. Some people are very creative with a spreadsheet. Yes, exactly. (laughs) No, and you can be creating... um, you can be creative in your relationship with your children. Absolutely. You can be creative. You know, there are so many ways of, of being creative. That, uh, But what I find is that um, many times I give exercises, practices to people so that they, um, how would I say, they connect with their potential of creativity. I think um, this is uh, this is basic. And so some of these practices is, for example, uh, meet uh, half an artist date a week. It means, how would you call your artistic self, your creative self? So first we get into creating a, a name of, of that, uh, of, of that, uh, artistic self and then out of of that we say okay so uh, once a week I'm gonna meet with this uh, creative self for one hour and I'm gonna have a conversation or have a walk or connect with with that part in me that is creative because you have to give it time 
to you know you have to dedicate time for for it to to emerge. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! That's a great idea. Just make making that time for creativity. And I just had an idea to get together with friends and have a, our creative evening. That would be fun. <laughs> it's also enjoyable, yes. right? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so um, I want to shift gears just a little bit about making peace with time, which is a concept in your book, The Joy of Caring. Yes, yes. Tell me more about that, making peace with time and what that looks like. Yes, because uh, what happens is that I found that many people, the source of their stress or anxiety or even fear is because of how they relate to time. And so in that relating to time, I advise, for example, instead of making um, an agenda in which you have one thing after the other, one thing after the other, you can leave some spaces uh, for the unexpected, for whatever emerges. Mm-hmm. So that you don't need to rush from one meeting to another. You don't need to go rushing uh, to, to your next appointment. So it's, it just be wise in how you deal with your time so that actually you do less, but you achieve more because you are more focused, you are more concentrated, you are less stressed. Uh, you don't need to, to apologize that, uh, you know, people arrive late to, to meetings. I, I know a couple of, of people that they always uh, arrive late because... Uh, to be over busy somehow and they connected to a sign of, of success which uh, I don't think it's uh, it's really a, a sign of success but for them uh, somehow uh, it is and so uh, I think that it is very important that uh, we relate to time from a space of abundance there is enough time for what is essential. And you just need to focus what is really essential for you. And focus in that and let that, um, I would say, um, emerge in your life in a way that time is a gift and not a pressure. Mm. So that's why one of the chapters is connected to how do we relate with time? Oh, I love that. Yes, absolutely. And I do think that time is caring. When someone is chronically late, it's hard to feel like they're taking your time importantly and yes. priority. And um, I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, there's also something about the role of acceptance. What is the role of acceptance in the art of caring? Well, I think that many times we, how would I say, we, uh, we don't agree with something and we don't accept it. And I think it's, uh, we confuse these two terms. One thing is to accept 
and the other is to, to agree. So I don't agree, but I have to accept that this is what's happening, for example. Mm -hmm. And so acceptance means accepting your, your limits, accepting uh, what, um, uh, what, what's happening, for example, accepting uh, that perhaps uh, things are not going exactly the way you, you wanted them to go. And um, acceptance is a way to connect to the present moment and find the, the greatest uh, power in the present here and now. So what I mean by, um, by being fully present is that if you are fully present, you not only accept and embrace what's happening, but time embraces you. But if you don't accept, then you are fighting against and somehow you cannot be fully present because you are um, fighting against something that is happening that you don't accept. And so I think uh, it requires actually a lot of wisdom to to accept what's going on and, and to, uh, how would I say, to, to move on from a space of accepting myself, accepting others, which is not um, resignation or, okay, you know, I've resigned. This is like this, so I cannot do anything, so okay, so... No, it doesn't mean that. It means that when I accept myself fully and I accept that I have this situation in my life, then from this space of acceptance of myself, I'll be able to accept others also in a more um, joyful way. So I think acceptance uh, requires a lot of wisdom. I, I have to say I agree. And um, in my country, the United States, of course, um, I find that there is another pandemic and that uh, is of non-acceptance, right? Um, that it's always been there, racial inacceptance, uh, gender inacceptance, um, sexual preference, there are so many ways that people can find to not accept others and not accept themselves. I think that there's so much that in themselves they do not accept. Do, do you also find that this is some, something of a pandemic? And if so, what can, we, what can we do about it? How can we heal this lack of acceptance? This is a, a very good point because I think uh, there are other pandemics uh, from which uh, at the moment we don't have a vaccination and it's a pandemic of uh, unacceptance, lack of acceptance, the pandemic of fear. Yes. And, um, and so what happens when we are not accepting is that we nurture anger, we nurture... Uh, mistrust okay. and we nurture um, fear 
And so what can we do? First, we have to start from what it's at our, uh, you know, at our capacity, which is to start accepting ourselves and, and to start accepting uh, what's going on around us and to treat others really. I mean, that's something I, I love that in the essence of all religions and all spiritual paths, there is this treat others as you would like to be treated. And this requires a lot of acceptance, but it's a universal principle. And so, uh, like, for example, you are already spreading, uh, radiating uh, the art of acceptance by uh, allowing me to, to share about it and by having this conversation. So each one can find different ways in which you can share step-by-step uh, step acceptance. And for those who, let's say, who um, are leaders and they have jobs to offer. So to be really open and accepting uh, the differences, because I think when we include the different voices, we are then a more, um, how would I say, we are walking the talk. Yeah. Is, uh, is that how you say, no? Walking the talk. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Um, making your action, you know, have that, having that congruity, your actions. Yes, your, your yes, yes, yes. Walk the talk, absolutely. I think some of it has to do with education. I mean, we can try to legislate these things and create laws that there's, you know, against hate speech and against um, inequality and things like that, but Ultimately, I think it's education and each one teaching one. Yes, yes. Do this and practicing this radical acceptance and radical love. Yes, I like this. Exactly. Radical acceptance and radical love. Exactly. Yes, 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 That's yes. The title of your next book. <laughs> Maybe, yes. I would like to show an image of of, uh, of the books, if if you allow me, just for a second. Absolutely. Good. So yes, we've been talking about the book. So I thought I would show, you know, the original of the joy of caring is el placer de cuidarnos. Transforma las dificultades en posibilidades. So I wanted to show. Uh, the original and the joy of caring and then some other books from the same publisher flourishing together we spoke about and actually this painting of flourishing together I will exhibit in my exhibition Wonderful. and so as you see uh, all the covers of my books uh, in English have uh, my uh, my paintings which I'm very thankful and so I would like to just take a moment for those who are listening as opposed to watching on uh, YouTube there is the book live in freedom reflections on limits dreams and the essential wonderful dare to live 
Reflections on Fear, Courage, and Wholeness. The Joy of Caring, of course, which we're talking about today, transforming difficulties into possibilities. And you talked about the Spanish version. And then Flourishing Together, Guide to Appreciative Inquiry coaching. I love this. And from neediness to fulfillment beyond relationships of dependence. Oh my goodness. Miriam, these are just, it seems like instruction manuals to live. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So anyway, thank you for allowing me to share. Yes. So anyway, I've been, um, I've been, uh, you know, having many experiences and I'm sharing them with the world so that people can benefit. So uh, my books have been translated in many languages and, uh, and so I'm very happy that uh, this uh, wisdom, practical wisdom can reach many people. Right, it is very, very, very practical. And then um, my last question is, you end your book sharing about compassion and contemplation. Can you tell us how that is related to caring and how we can be more compassionate? Yes, you see, we were talking about acceptance and actually compassion is the highest way way of love in which you understand where the other other is at. You, You can embrace the other even if you don't understand where the other is at. Maybe you can be aware that the other is having um, a situation in which he or she is uh, not very polite or maybe it's, uh, you know, it's uh, not talking in the right way or whatever. But through compassion and also compassion towards yourself, it's like embracing yourself fully. So I would say acceptance is the first step and compassion comes after. Once you accept, you can really embrace. And the contemplative um, way would be to listen from a space of depth, to listen from a space in which your mind is quiet so that there is no extra noise and you can really listen to the signals that life is giving you. And you can care about that. Mm, That is beautiful, beautiful. And then where can people read The Joy of Caring? You can find it in the website of um, Old Books. And uh, yeah. John Publishing. Yeah, John Hunt Publishing. We'll put that in, those links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. So those, uh, those two links. And then, of course, Amazon uh, also sells it. Right, Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. all of the booksellers. Exactly, yes, exactly. And what is your own website? My website is uh, miriamsuberana.com. Wonderful. So we can find and it's in uh, in English and in Spanish, so you can read it in both. Oh, I love that! And of course, you offer one on one coaching. Yes, well. I offer coaching, uh, and nowadays I'm offering uh, most of the coaching online. Of course, right? Yes, we can find out all about the wonderful work that you're doing. 
and thank uh, you other books well yes. Miriam thank you so much for joining me today it has been a pleasure and I just love that I can speak to somebody who's looking over the Mediterranean right now and maybe can see Mallorca. <laughs> and <it's> yes. Sunny. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Wish you so much luck on your, your exhibition. I know it's going to be wonderful. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please inform me when this goes um, online so that I can also um, put it in my uh, social media. I love that. I would appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for sharing the joy of caring. And now I just wanted to send a shout out to some of our supporters, Julian, John, James, Marissa, Charlotte, Pauline, Becky, and Louise. Thank you all so much for keeping this podcast going. If you'd like to support this podcast too, please hit the like follow or subscribe button, or give us five stars or a positive review wherever you're listening and share this with your friends. You can also subscribe to Radiate You, our private Facebook group for bonus content, including classes and meditations. Another way to support our podcast is to go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast and click on the donate now button. However you support us, we greatly appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on The Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.